your need for control stems from your lack of self-trust. Now, trust me on this one because this is a lesson that I learned over and over and over again. And it's one that continued to bite me in the ass until I really was able to connect the dots after this weekend's retreat with the Thought Leader Collective. So whether you're a leader who is trying to control how you're being perceived online and offline, or you're trying to control your clients' experiences, their wins, their breakthroughs, or you're trying to control other external outcomes that you really don't have any control over, you are really holding yourself back from experience the fullest potential of your leadership. In this episode, I get real about what it means to be a control freak. And before you skip this episode thinking to yourself, I'm not a control freak. I don't need to listen to this. I invite you to listen because I used to think that I wasn't a control freak. And uh, I was super fucking wrong about that. So tune into this le- uh, tune in to this episode and learn why your addiction to control is really due to your lack of self-trust. Um, I also talk about how I went from controlling my event and retreat schedules down to the last minute to allowing space for more profound client experiences and, and space that actually felt a lot better to facilitate. I also talk about six signs that you are trying to control the outcome and why your client's breakthrough is not actually your responsibility. And then finally, I also share ways in which you can start to cultivate self-trust. This is a really, really awesome episode. So please tune in. And side note, I have some super exciting news. So I have decided to open the doors early to next year's Thought Leader Collective. So if you want to be part of a community of leaders who are really devoted to rising together with integrity, leaders who are devoted to supporting one another, who are devoted to working together and collaborating, I invite you to be part of the 2021 Thought Leader Collective. Together, we will work to amplify your presence while deepening your inner work and creating solidified relationships with other leaders who are really going to be there to support you. This is not just a mastermind. This is not just a group coaching program. This is not a mentorship opportunity. It is all of the above. So, If this calls to you, I invite you to apply to become one of the 10 leaders in the 2021 Thought Leader Collective. Just go to www.rubyframon.com forward slash TLC. That link and more will be in the show notes. If you want to connect with me, have a question about the episode, want to share your takeaways, please shoot me a text message, 1781-336-0160. And of course, if you prefer email, join my email community at rubyframon.com forward slash subscribe. Now, whether you are a loyal thought leader or a brand new listener, please take a moment to download a few episodes and drop a rating and review on iTunes. I need your help in spreading this message. So if you dig the podcast, please download a few episodes, drop a rating and review. Now, it is time for us to talk about your need for control. Welcome to today's Thought Leader, where I'm challenging you to rise up, speak up, and create a movement. I'm your host, Ruby Fremont, and I'm here as a catalyst for you, the new generation of thought leaders. 
I'm a kick-ass life coach, a bullshit detector, and courageous communicator. I'll show you how to gain visibility, build a cult following, and create impact while increasing your income. Join me every week as I dive into raw and real conversations that will help you amplify your presence, influence, and impact. It's time to unapologetically do what you're here to do and do it your way. So get ready, thought leaders, and let's make shit happen. Hey, thought leaders. So at the time of recording this episode, I am just coming out of our first retreat, my retreat that I held for the Thought Leader Collective, the 2020 Collective. Um, So I am in the midst of integrating a lot because a lot happened at this retreat and not just for the leaders and Thought Leader Collective, but for me as well. And I think that that's one of my favorite things about the work that I do um, as a coach and as a guide and as a mentor is that uh, through my clients' experiences, I also learn more about myself. And I'm sure you've experienced this as well, right? Like every client is a mirror for those of you who serve clients. Like every single client is a mirror in some way, shape, or form. Every client teaches us something, whether it's something about the way in which we serve, something about ourselves, something about our own shadows. They are reflection. You know, this is this is the beauty of the work that we do. And um this retreat just, it was like we were, well, first of all, we were in Sedona, which was incredible. It was my first time there, actually. And uh, our house, the house that I um, booked for our retreat was situated smack in the middle of all four vortexes in Sedona. And I didn't do this intentionally. And it was incredible to just be amongst these powerful vortexes, amongst the red rocks and and feel super held. Um, But it almost felt as if we were in this uh, like amplified box of mirrors. I think that's the best way that I can describe it, where all of uh, the leaders were acting as mirrors for each other and all of them were acting, you know, my clients were acting as mirrors for me. And so with every share that was shared, um, with every tear that was shed, with every everything that took place in one person's experience, it was somehow reflected in another person's. And I got to witness all of that. And through witnessing all of that, I also um, experienced how it was being reflected in me. And that's that's where I want to start things off because a big thing that came up for me was um, the idea of control. And I've talked about this in a previous episode um, about Peru, which I will link in the show notes uh, because the number of the episode is escaping me at this moment. But it was an episode where I talked about one of my biggest lessons from my plant medicine dieta in Peru, and that was the lesson of self-trust. Because in reality, what I know to be true is that the opposite of control is trust. It's not surrender, it's trust. Because in order to surrender, we need to trust. 
ourselves. And this is why I think that so many people have an issue with surrendering. And maybe that's you. I know I've struggled with it. Like people tell you in the spiritual world, they're like, just surrender, just surrender, surrender to the outcome, surrender to the experience, surrender to this. And it's like, how the fuck am I supposed to surrender if I don't trust myself? But that's the piece that we don't see. We don't see that we don't trust ourselves. Um, And we live, quite frankly, in a society that has trained us to not trust ourselves, right? We've been trained to listen to the authorities, Um, whether it's the authorities in our family situations, like our parents, whether it's the authorities at school, like the teachers, the principals, or the authorities in society, um, you know, politics, we are taught to listen to the authorities, to trust the authorities. We are taught to trust the medical system. We are taught to trust all the fucking systems that have been put into place. And through that, we start to lose connection with ourselves. We start to lose that connection with our intuition, with our inner guidance systems, with our animal primal instincts And we still have that ability within us. We still have our intuition. You still are equipped with your primal instincts. You're still equipped with everything you need in order to trust yourself, but you have to open yourself up, back up to trusting yourself. You know what I mean? Like this isn't, uh, the example I like to give all the time because it's so ridiculous and also so true is the baby learning how to walk. When a baby first stands up and starts to take those first steps, they fall over, right? They're like these little drunk beings that are walking around, falling over everywhere, but they don't ever fall over and say, oh, I give up. This is so hard. I'm never going to be able to walk. No, they trust themselves to get back up and take another step. And maybe they fall again, but they trust themselves to get back up again and take another step. So we had this instinctual ability within us. It's innate. We had this. And then through our journeys, through our personal experiences, through all the shit that was projected upon us, we lose that because we start to trust external sources more than we trust ourselves. And this is where the habit of trying to control everything comes into play. Your habit of control comes from a lack of self-trust. You are a control freak because you don't trust yourself, simply put. And I say this with love because this is me. This was me. This is something that I've been healing for the past couple of years. And it was something that I didn't really see. If anything, I think I denied seeing it because I didn't want to be a quote unquote control freak. But now I can say it with pride. I was a control freak. And um, when you are constantly trying to control the outcomes, this takes you away from the actual experience. It takes you away from the flow. It takes you away from being in the process. It takes you away from being in the present moment because you're, you're, you're obsessing over trying to control things to be a certain way, to deliver a certain outcome, to deliver a certain result. And that is killing your ability to lead effectively. If you're a coach, it's killing your ability to coach people. If you're a mentor, it's killing your ability to guide people. It's, it's killing your gifts. Um, so I want to circle this back to the Thought Leader Collective Retreat that I just hosted um, because something amazing happened. Yes, I've been working on my self-trust for a couple years now. Yes, I've been aware of 
my, let's call it my desire or obsession, sure, of making things look and feel a certain way. At the beginning of this awareness, I didn't see how my desire to perfect or to make things look and feel a certain way were actually me trying to control the situation, quite frankly. You know, we, we, we serve it to ourselves in such a way where it doesn't sound like it's a bad thing. You know, if we, tr- if we say to ourselves, I'm, try- I'm trying to control the situation, that sounds awful, right? <laughs> Who wants to be a fucking control freak? But we say it to ourselves in these polite, nice ways, trying to bypass the fact that we are actually trying to control everything. So we say things like, I just want to get this right, or I want to ensure that my client achieves what they want to achieve, or I want to ensure that my event attendees have the best experience. And so you talk to yourself in these ways and uh, almost force feed this process or, or this, um, this way to the people that you're trying to serve. So for me at this retreat, what, I, what happened was I was able to finally connect all the dots and see how um, all these ways in which I've been trying to perfect or get things right or deliver something exceptional is really just my attempt to control the situation. So, for example, I first started hosting retreats in 2017. My first retreat was in 2017, and all my retreats have been amazing and incredible and fucking epic, and I've loved every single one of them. Um, and let's just say I've gotten a heck of a lot better at hosting and facilitating these these retreats. So my first retreat in 2017, I created a a schedule or in the event world, we call it syntaxes. So I created the syntax and it was like hour to hour, what we're doing, what the topic is, what content's being delivered, when we're taking our breaks, when we're having lunch and dinner and breakfast and all the things, when we're doing our activities. Like it was legitimately from 6 a.m., to like 9 p.m. completely scheduled to like 15-minute blocks. And at that retreat, I what I didn't see and what I see now is how I allowed my own insecurity to stand in the way of flow, of allowing. So the insecurity was that if i don't deliver my client if my clients don't have breakthroughs at this retreat then this is not going to be a good retreat which means that i am not a good coach you know and and maybe you can relate to that type of a train of thought um i think we've all been there so i was attaching my worthiness to my clients breakthroughs that they would potentially experience at this retreat. Now, I'm not saying my clients didn't have breakthroughs. They, they sure as hell did. And the whole situation felt super rigid, you know, like when you have, for example, a schedule that is so tight, um, and that you want to stick to because you think that this schedule is going to give you these exceptional results. It's going to make your clients love you then 
you aren't going to allow for flow. So if, for example, a client is on the cusp of something huge, but you got to cut it off because you have to move on to the next topic because it's 6.15 and that's what the schedule says. So that was my first retreat experience. After that um, retreat, I felt pretty burnt out because when you're trying to control something, you have to imagine like having a really tight grip on something. That takes a lot of energy to grip tightly onto something. Um, and so I was gripping so tightly onto this expect- these expectations that I placed upon myself that by the end of the retreat, I felt super burnt out. Now, the next few retreats, I practiced letting go of the schedule more and more. I didn't get there overnight, but the next retreat, I definitely let go of the schedule and had a little more playtime incorporated. But even then, I scheduled the playtime, like from this time to this time, we're playtime. It's playtime. Um, but I did allow for more flow, meaning, you know, if things went over, that's okay. If we didn't fit as much in into an hour block, then that was okay. Like I was giving myself permission to be okay with it and be more in the moment. And then the next retreat, I let go even more. And then this retreat um, with the Thought Leader Collective, I have never felt as good as I did at this retreat. I've never felt as good at other retreats that I did at this retreat. Like I had fun. Um, I played. I don't think I've laughed that hard in a long time. I also cried. I hugged a lot. And during these weird COVID times, hugging is fucking amazing. Um, We ate good food. We just enjoyed each other's company. We connected on such a deep level. And there was so much space for really potent transformations to take place and potent shifts. Space that if I had... continued with my habit of trying to control time and control the schedule, these things wouldn't have happened. They would not have experienced what they experienced. And I would not have experienced what I experienced. I probably wouldn't have been able to connect these dots. Um, And so in letting go of my grip on trying to control the outcome, my clients ended up having an even better outcome than I think they could have ever had but with me trying to control the situation. Um, The same thing happened with my event series, Amplified Soul Live. So I held this event three times. It was an annual three-day event uh, hosted in Los Angeles. And I started this event in, um, in 2017. And I ran it again in 2018 and 2019 being the last event. And in 2017, I was super strict with the schedule. I wanted to control the, the, the attendee journey. Um, Now I believe in delivering a journey. I'm really exceptional at what I do with event production and I took it to another level um, (laughs) at the event. It was a great event. Every single event was fucking amazing. I loved it. But at the end of the day, I felt different at every single event. The first event was the most burnt out I felt from an event. Like I literally would come home every night of those three of those three days and my husband would joke around because I'd be super loopy, completely out of it, acting like quote unquote drunk when I really wasn't because I'm sober. Um, but it was because I was so 
drained from having to control or feeling like I had to control the way in which things unfolded. Um, it also limited the way in which I was able to interact with my audience because if, I, if I'm trying to stick to a schedule and deliver certain things by a certain time because I'm trying to control an outcome and the outcome is like I need to have all these people have this certain breakthrough and this is what I need to do to achieve it, oh, that shit is exhausting. I even had my event manager like have the, she had these um, signs, like she would signal me when I was going over so that I could reel things back and like quickly shift gears and go on to the next thing. The second time I ran Amplified Soul Live, I created more space for audience interaction and audience interaction can be really scary. If you ever do uh, live events, the audience interaction is the scariest part. It's also the most fulfilling and rewarding part, but it's scary in that you don't control what's happening. So if you open up the audience floor multiple times at an event for whatever to happen, anything can happen. Anything can be shared. Anything can be brought to the table. You're not in control when you give the mic to an audience member. And that I didn't, I look back now and I realize why that scared me so much. It wasn't that I, I, um, it wasn't that I didn't trust them. It was that I didn't trust myself in order to hold space for whatever was going to be shared on the microphone because I didn't know what to expect. So the second event in 2018, I had way more audience mic time. There was more time for flow in conversations. I, um, and I was able to flow a bit more on stage. Now, the third event, the 2019 event, or actually, sorry, going back to the 2018 event, I felt a lot better at the end of it. I still felt a little drained because there was some controlling happening behind the scenes, but I felt better. The third event, 2019, was the best I felt. I left a lot of room for, for play, um, meaning to play with the content. So everything wasn't so rigid. I, that was the event where I had the least amount of slides created. You know, my first event, I literally had a slide for every single fucking thing that I was saying. It was absurd. The second event, I cut the slides down a little bit. Um, but the third event, I had the least number of slides to allow myself some breathing space to just like riff off stage because I trusted myself more to do so. And in doing so, I had some amazing like hot seat coaching opportunities on stage with audience members. I was able to really go deep with several audience members um, in ways that I wouldn't have been able to do if I was so controlling with the schedule. Um, so all of this really became possible because I started to trust myself more, you know? And it's like, at the beginning, I did not trust myself enough to be, to be me, to be the leader, to be the guide, to be the mentor. I felt like I needed to force things to be a certain way in order to achieve a certain result. And now especially after this retreat and really connecting the dots and closing this loop, I know that I trust myself. I don't have to control things as much in any way, shape or form to achieve a certain result because the results that I was chasing were not the correct results anyways. And I'm going to get to that because some of this might be, um, might come down to the fact that the results that you're chasing aren't the right results to chase. So first, 
I want to talk about some signs that you might be trying to control the outcome. Because if you're anything like me, you might be listening to this and saying to yourself, I'm not trying to control any outcome because who in their right mind wants to think of themselves as a control freak? I know I didn't want to. Um, So six signs that you're trying to control the outcome. One is being super rigid in your ways. Like if it's like my way or the highway or things have to be a certain way, that is a sign that you are trying to control the outcome. Number two is having extremely high expectations of yourself. For example, for me, expecting myself to deliver certain pieces of content at certain times in order to initiate a breakthrough in certain clients. Like that's a big fucking expectation to put on myself. Number three is forcing or pushing things to happen versus allowing. So when you find yourself in the energy of forcing things to happen or pushing things to happen more so than you do in the energy of just allowing That's a sign that you're controlling and not trusting. Number four is being attached to a specific outcome that you essentially have no control over. For example, your client's breakthroughs. I'm sorry to be the one to say, actually, I'm not sorry to be the one to say this. Let me tell you straight up, you are not responsible for your client's breakthroughs. I'm going to get to that in a second, okay? But let that simmer. Number six, no, number five is having a habit of over-delivering and people-pleasing. Look, I'm all for over-delivering. I think it's great to do once in a while and also with balance and also with boundaries. But when you're over-delivering constantly to the point where you're draining yourself of your energy, you're trying to control shit. And when you find yourself people-pleasing all the time, it's because you're trying to control an outcome, okay? for all my fellow people pleasers out there. I see you. Uh, Number six, constantly trying to perfect things. (sighs) My name is Ruby and I am a recovering perfectionist. Yeah. And I see this in the leaders that I work with a lot because leaders, we all share um, ambition and drive. We're all like, have high expectations of ourselves and in that we like to perfect things. But your habit of trying to perfect things is a sign, a symptom of control. That's a sign that you're trying to control the outcomes. Now, I want to go back into what I was sharing about um, the things that you don't have control over and chasing the wrong goals and chasing the wrong results. One being especially being that um, the outcome that you have no control over, which is your client's transformations or breakthroughs or wins. You do not, let me repeat, you do not have control over your client's breakthroughs or wins. You don't. You don't have control over that. You can't control a client's breakthrough or a client's win. You don't. You want to think you have that much power, but you don't. However, you do play a part in their experience. You play a part in their journey. In um, the plant medicine space, the shaman or the maestro who is administering the ayahuasca, for example, 
can easily fall into the trap of like the shadow side of medicine, the shadow side of shamanism. And this happens in tribes in Peru to neo-shamanism that happens in the U.S. I think it's really prevalent in the U.S. actually, where you start to get wrapped up in your ego. Like me serving this ayahuasca is going to give you this transformation. And that's not the case. The shaman or the maestro is actually the conduit. That's it. You're there. You're there to connect. You're there to serve the medicine to the, the people drinking the medicine. And the medicine is what supports the, um, you know, the person in creating these transformations, but they are also a very active participant in this. For any of you who have done ayahuasca or drank ayahuasca, you know this. Ayahuasca doesn't do the work for you. And if you're a passive participant in your ayahuasca experience, you'll walk away feeling no different. You may walk away feeling disappointed, frustrated. But if you're an active participant and you are active in your journey and you do the work and the integration necessary to connect the dots and, and make changes and create shifts, then you will experience a really powerful and profound transformation. The same thing goes into this is you don't have control of your clients' breakthroughs or wins, but you do play a part in their experience. You're there to guide them. Your client's breakthrough is your client's breakthroughs are not your responsibility. Your client's wins are not your responsibility. But guiding them to the best of your ability by being at your best, that is your responsibility. This is a co-creative process. Your clients are responsible for how they show up. Your clients are responsible for integration. Your clients are responsible for taking the action steps, for doing the work, for being and embodying everything that they're learning. So when it comes to this control freak in you that is trying to control all the fucking outcomes in your leadership, in your business, you have to understand that this comes from a lack of self-trust. You are not trusting yourself enough to just show up and hold space for your audience, for your clients to create their own breakthroughs and create their own fucking wins, right? You need to learn to trust yourself. And well, how do I do that, Ruby? I know you're thinking that. And there's so much... I'm going to share the podcast episode because I think you should go back to the one where I talk about Peru because that's really essential to what I'm talking about. And I can talk about this so much more, but I believe that, I strongly believe in, in all of my being that your journey to cultivating self-trust is one that only you can go on. And there are similarities in journeys that I've seen in clients. Uh, for example, one of my leaders in Thought Leader Collective had a beautiful experience this weekend where she did finally learn how to trust herself and embody that self-trust. The journeys are different for each of us. However, there are a few things that are the same. You have to start releasing your expectations. And all of these things that I'm about to say are easier said than done. They're simple, yet they're hard to to implement, but they're not impossible. So releasing your expectations is like releasing your, the expectation of a specific outcome. And an example of that is by saying, um, you know, having the, the desired outcome of, or the expected outcome of your client having this massive breakthrough versus 
I'm just going to show up at my best and do my best to guide this client. It's a very different energy. So start releasing your expectations, create more intentions, and the intentions need to be within your control, right? They can't be things that are out of your control, like your client's breakthroughs. They cannot be things that are out of your control. Um, to allow more and to push less. So if you find yourself in the energy of forcing, of, of, of pushing all the time, step back. See what it feels like to just allow. And it's going to be uncomfortable at first and start with the little things. Like maybe it's going to be creating more space in your schedule. Maybe it's going to be creating more space in conversations. Whatever it is, like create space to allow. The next thing is to own the fact that your only responsibility is to guide your audience and your clients to the best of your ability by being your best. That's it which brings it back to you focusing on who you be, like I always say. And then with all of this, your self-trust will begin to build. You'll start to cultivate more self-trust as you do this. Um, but your, your habit of trying to control everything, that really stems from this lack of self-trust. And so your job right now is to focus on cultivating that self-trust. Okay, so release your expectations, allow more, push less, um, own your responsibility to, sh to, to show up at the best of your ability and by being your best. And you'll see, you'll notice the self-trust starting to, to build. Um, so for my fellow control freaks, whether you realized it before you listened to this episode, or you just realized right now that you're a control freak. I really, truly hope that this episode serves you and serves you powerfully. Um, thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Today's Thought Leader, where I'm challenging you to activate the leader within. Now, uh, I have some big news. I wasn't expecting to do this so early, but I am opening the doors to next year's Thought Leader Collective early. So if you want to be part of a community of leaders who are devoted to rising together, and I mean really together, supporting one another and doing so with integrity and authenticity, and you're seeking to amplify your presence while deepening your inner work, I invite you to apply to be one of the 10 leaders in the 2021 Thought Leader Collective. Just head to rubyframon.com forward slash TLC. And that link and more will be in the show notes. Please be sure to download a few episodes and drop a rating and review on iTunes. I need your support. You know, it's, it's you, my loyal listeners, who support me in getting this message out to more leaders. So please, please, please take a moment to download a few episodes and drop a rating and review on iTunes. And then, of course, I have this nifty, nifty, who the fuck says nifty anymore? I just said it. Um, text messaging service, shall we call it, where you can text me directly. It goes to my phone, I swear. And aside from the first two messages that are automated that are going to ask you to enter your information into my phone book so I can know who I'm texting, um, aside from those two first text messages, the text messages are with me directly, me on my phone. So, if you have a question about this episode, 
or you want to share your number one takeaway from this episode, please, I invite you to text me at one 336 And just remember to mention the episode number, episode 190. Um, and if you're not a text person or you're not in the U.S. and you don't want to accrue um, long distance charges, you can always email. So join my email list or my email community, as I like to say, where I do send out leadership advice and um, announcements for new podcast episodes. So join that at rubyfromon.com forward slash subscribe. And then finally, connect with me on social media. My favorite places to hang out are Instagram and Twitter, although you can find me everywhere. And my handle on all the things is at I am Ruby. Make sure you check back on Monday for a brand new episode of today's Thought Leader. And as for me, by the time that this, this episode airs, I will be heading off to enjoy my birthday week in Palm Springs. So. I should be coming back to you refreshed with another episode of today's thought leader. So make sure you check back on Monday. Thank you so much leaders. And I look forward to either seeing your applications for the thought leader collective or hearing from you from text or email or social media.